Come on, you got to hit us with one. Okay. Uh, get out the onions, baby. <laughs> this ball game is over. <laughs> get out of here. Way back hooks up. There's the cycle. You can't put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. And he is hit for the cycle. All right. Here we go. We're still doing it. They haven't cut us off yet. Not yet. The cycle. Pat McGann. I'm your host, Pat McGann. I got Kevin Bozeman here. Now, a lot of you had heard Kevin on our first episode with Big Frank, but you haven't really met Kevin Bozeman. Kevin's a great comedian. He is based here in Chicago, travels all over the country. I met you here, Kevin. We're live recording this live for future an unlive post. Our, our eyes Let me locked. tell them where we're at first. We're at Zany's Comedy Club. Did I, did, I t- did I say that? Yes. The historic. Historic Zany's. Old Town. Been here since 1978. Yeah. I've seen you light up this room many times. So thanks for being here, Kevin. I know you're a great, not only a great comedian, but a great Chicago guy. From uh, Chicago. My, my love for Ch- the city of Chicago and the sports team is... is uh, it's 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 insane. It's unparalleled. Like, yeah, it's, it's I don't unrivaled. say it's unparalleled, but it's 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 disturbing. It's it definitely <laughs> it's definitely disturbing. Yeah, you I would say you're passionate. I'm very passionate. Occasionally we'll uh It's a it's a very bad relationship. Well, it's a very bad we're relationship. We're having fun with this uh podcast. This episode is fun. We just left Chuck Swirsky's house. He had us to his condo. And that's where we recorded the conversation. It was phenomenal. I yeah, mean, I'll great. be completely honest we weren't in his actual condo we were in like a auxiliary yeah, room. Like a room yeah so yeah we want to thank you guys for giving us a little bit of feedback we got a nice review on itunes we got a couple tweets here the alchemist freddie mayhem 16 says uh he's waiting on the next episode well here it is freddie mayhem aloha bry says uh he loves the image that uh brad created brad boron created for our itunes logo Oh, I'm sorry, Gareth. Well, Gareth created the logo. I thought you created the. I'm sorry, that was Gareth. Gotta give Gareth. This pro- is for you. Love the image. Love. But can you move the text up a little so we can stare at the park a little? I love that park. Yeah, we're blowing up on Twitter, man. People are uh, are sharing this, so we appreciate that. We're gonna keep dropping these on Mondays, and hopefully, you guys will enjoy them. We are uh, excited about this one, Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Bulls. Yeah, man. That I mean that's a. To be able to do baseball and basketball with seamlessly, like that's a talented. You got to be talented. You just can't have just passion. You got to have a real skill. Yeah, for filled that. in, that, did some Sox games yeah, last year. Yeah, Sox games and Bulls games, and that's. I mean, that's a that's an interesting dude. He's very. Uh, he's got a great story. Uh, you got anything you want to promote before we dive into the Chuck Swirsky? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm KevinBozeman.com. I have all my tour dates. I mean, I don't expect everyone to travel everywhere to come see me, but I um uh, I come to Zanies a few times a year. I'll be uh, I don't know when this drops, but I'll be in Zanies next week cutting it up. Yeah, this and, will be uh, after that. So, so there you go. Chances blown, people. <laughs> Blew it. See you in December. <laughs> yeah, but my date's up there at KevinBozeman.com, and along with your podcast, I do my own podcast, the Ball Hog Podcast. It's available on iTunes. Not nearly as sharp as this one, but uh, I, I enjoy it. Well, like I said, I have, an un, I have an unhealthy love of sports, and then really, like, the the Chicago sports scene is just – I love it. I love it. I tried to get you a part of my, my sports blog, but you won't commit to it. Yeah, I'm Why don't you busy. talk about that? Crazy busy, man. I got this going on and other stuff. Like what? Like miscellaneous. What 
That's what I like to say a lot to my wife when she. What are you doing? How do you spend your time? Just stuff. Just stuff, babe. Misk. Just stuff, babe. I can't make it home to 4 a.m. I just got stuff going on. I'm busy. <laughs> That's just a catchphrase, right? Meanwhile, I've watched about three seasons of Breaking Bad in the last two weeks. <laughs> Buddy, that show is I never, so addictive. I never watched it, and then I just, I'm now just catching up. So. I did sixty something episodes within, like within a two week thing, and it was, it was, it was. A lot of my great. friends are talking about Better Call Saul, so I'm already like ready to go to jump to the next one, and I can see that that's going to be a really good show too. Comics, I, it's it's downtown, downtime, 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 downtime. Go, go, go! Right? Downtime, downtown, downtime. But so staying involved in popular pop culture, you got to be aware of stuff. And you know, it's a you good gotta, tax write-off. You yeah, know you can I'm write, write Netflix. I'm gonna write a bit about Breaking Bad, and then I'll it'll be time well spent. Is there any way we can have like the podcast and then like maybe if people are avid listeners, like when we record, they could like drop us off food because you guys never feed me. The problem with that is we're recording this and then it's like they're hearing it three weeks later. No, but is there any way where we can just say, hey, in the future, we'll be recording yeah. here? Yeah, we'll do that. Because we're not feeding Kevin Wilson <laughs> again. You guys can right. bring some food out. See, I see the low blood sugar coming on now. So we're going to wrap this up. Enjoy the conversation with Chuck Swirsky. And um, again, interact with us online. Do it. All right. All right, here we go. We are here at uh, with Kevin Bozeman, Pat McGann here with our very esteemed guest. How lucky are we? Yes. Chuck very. Swirsky. And he invited us to his pad. This We're, is nice, this man. Is, this is insane this is oprah real estate chuck <laughs> well number one it's not my pad I'm, I'm just, don't tell I'm them just, that okay sorry that's a, let's redo the podcast no only kidding but it's it, that was a nice spin though um but uh, yeah i'm just i'm taking care of business for a friend sure you just found this on craigslist this is a, <laughs> exactly this view we have yes i mean let's just tell people what we're looking at right okay. now if you don't mind since you don't really live here they won't be able to find where you're at i mean you don't own it supposedly but we're looking out on lake michigan mm-hmm. facing north here That's we lake can see michigan. uh oak I street beach north <laughs> avenue beach it's just beautiful yes it is this is insane so this is this where... is a great podcast scenery yeah a lot of frame pictures of bill wennington up here which is kind of <laughs> creepy but <laughs> bill wennington is... <laughs> in, a, in a st john's uniform with the bushy hair and the beard yeah right yeah he <laughs> when he solid. used to dunk yeah so we are uh, happy to have you thank you for letting us um join or thanks for joining us letting us come here to your place um we want to talk to you chuck about your work with the bulls we want to talk to you how you got started in broadcasting why don't you walk us back a little bit uh, i know you kind of start, got your start in chicago correct well i got my start in chicago i um i'm the uh, son of a united states naval officer uh, my father was um, a direct decorate officer in uh, norfolk virginia and he was uh, on board the USS Sierra, no the AD-18. I grew up a Navy brat yeah. on base. It was great uh, where you develop discipline. And it became almost like when I was a kid, my father would come home from the base. He would give me his shoes. I had to polish his shoes every what? day. Really? Every day. He wanted those shoes shiny, polished, and Did you have the, brothers and sisters? I I had I have two sisters, but let me tell you what my job every day shine his shoes. 
there was a little piece. It was a cake with a cat on the tin. Co- oh cover. yeah, yeah, I remember that. And and you would take it, and I had the. Re- and if if you didn't like to redo it, same thing with making your bed. You take the quarter. If it didn't bounce off, redo it. Oh, I mean, he man. was he was a naval officer. True and true, and so. But he had, we, had some tender moments with him. He yeah, him tender moments <laughs> like. Uh, I okay, want to give this can, guy a break. He's no, our no. Listen, I, I love like them. <laughs> I love them, but but you know what? It's it's it, a tragedy turned out to be in a sense uh, a positive down the road because we we transferred from Norfolk, Virginia to Seattle, okay. and he passed away when I was in elementary school. Oh man! And my mom was. An elementary school teacher and she after my dad died she worked two other jobs she worked three jobs and I had to grow up quickly and by that I mean the next door neighbor was a high school basketball coach he had a son my age he would take us to practice I remember going to high school practices I remember going to University of Washington basketball games Seattle yeah. U games yeah. everything and I caught the bug Big time. I love fell baseball. Fell in love with the game? Oh, I fell in love yeah. with baseball, basketball. We didn't have a pro football team. The Seahawks right. hadn't arrived yet. But so that's where I gravitated to. And two, two opposite places, uh, you know, opposite sides of the country. That's got to be a great experience, and too. my father wasn't a sports fan. I mean, I begged him to take us to games. In fact, the irony of it is... He he loved to work on cars. He yeah. loved to Sounds like that commercial for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean like, he, he meet would, Jim. Jim he would, loves to work on cars. He, he loved to work on cars. He would make furniture. I mean, it was like yeah. amazing. And like Did you catch some of those skills? No, none. No. I mean I can barely change a light bulb. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I am horrible. I can't do anything. I I changed the this is a true story at Jewel in Wheaton. I'm going into grocery shop, and there's a, a little old lady there and says, excuse me, will you help me? And I said, sure, what can I help you? She goes, I have a flat tire. I've never changed a tire. <laughs> yeah, we got to buy a new car. Yeah. And, <laughs> bingo. Well, you want to use my phone? And, and so I said, well, uh, okay. She goes, here, um, the, the tire's in the trunk. While I'm going shopping, would you mind if I, if while I'm shopping, would you mind if, if you changed my tire? So what year is I, this? This is this is a good 20 years ago. Yeah. So I said, OK, so I, I get the car keys, open the trunk. I see the spare tire. I change the tire. Well, she comes out. She goes, may I pay you? I said, no, no problem. I'm kind of impressed with myself. The fact I actually changed yeah, a tire with a jack. So I start heading towards the jewel and I see these red brake lights parking backing out and i hear this the thump the thump the thump i changed the wrong tire oh my god and so i made a beeline into the jewel <laughs> ran into the freezer section with the produce yeah. and hid behind a case of lettuce because i thought she was going to run me down with an umbrella that's a true story oh, wow. that's hilarious but you you stepped up you're able to change that tire the wrong, the wrong tire, one the tire. wrong one come on chuck you didn't know which one was flat no, and then, and then the next day she calls WGM Radio and kind of like airs me out on the oh, Bob Collins show. There? She knew who you were. Yes. Even she knowing said, who you were, you're a radio said, personality. She could find someone else yeah, really. to change the title. But anyway, so that's – but um, I was horrible. But the, the truth is that I kind of went to sports 
and I became a sports fanatic. Yeah. I would memorize numbers, stats. I would take the NBA register to to bed with me and and like memorize who went where and what school and how tall and the baseball, the sporty news became one of my best friends. Big car collector? Sports cards? Did you collect no, like the top cards? Uh, or oh, anything? the baseball cards? Yeah, the baseball Absolutely. cards. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, and, and plus I would put them in the spokes with a bicycle. So oh, yeah. you'd be on your bicycle hearing the, the baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And but I would always have just like, hearing them lose their value. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have bad ball players. Yeah, in yeah, the use spokes. That. Right, right. Like I remember, there was a pitcher for the Giants. His name was Bob Bolin, B O L I N, and I must have had twenty Bob Bolin cards. <laughs> and I thought, no, this, this is on the spokes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, did you have a voice early that people recognized and were like, "Man, you got"? Did your father have like a radio uh, voice? Probably, I, I'll, I'll tell you, the first time someone said you ought to go into broadcasting or sometime is that uh, I had to sing, and I was in the second grade, and uh, one of the nuns who taught me, she would always, I was the class clown, <laughs> and I was always disciplined. I had to wear a dunce cap. She would make me come into the front of the room and bang my hands with a you golden You didn't get a ruler. break from anybody. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I, <laughs> I had I to was, spin his shining <laughs> shoes at home. Shining shoes at home. This is true. I mean, yeah. I was. Were you Chuck then? They call you Chuck? No, I, did, I don't they call like you? Chuck to be. You don't? No. This, this, I mean, I'm doing your podcast. I told you in the elevator on the way up I was transparent, and I am. I hate Chuck. What do you want to be called? Uh, when I was a kid, two, two, I was called Charlie. But here's the problem. In the, in the first grade, okay, in the first grade, they didn't have computers back then, so everything was handwritten. Right. And you had a, a 22, 23 kids in your class. And so there was a Charles Anderson. And one of the nuns says, we cannot call you Charles. What do, you, what do they call you at home? And he said, Charlie. Well, that was my name. And I'm, I'm Why couldn't they call him Charles? Well, because it's they wanted something other than your quote unquote. Oh, okay. Gotcha. He goes, they called me Charlie. Then there was a Charles Jenkins. I remember as I'm telling you this story, I remember if it was yesterday, it was in the first grade. So there was a Charles Jenkins, and uh, they said, "What do you? What do we call you?" They said, "They call me Chuck." So the nun says, uh, "Sister Andrew." She goes, "Well, we have a Charlie, we have a Chuck, and they come down to me, Charles Swirsky." Well, what do we call you? The girl behind me, her name is Julie Froelich to this day. Yeah. Julie Froelich. And she goes, hmm, we're, we're going over vowels in the first grade. A-E-Y-O-U and sometimes Y. Let's drop the Y and let's just call him Swirsk. Oh, yeah? And so the class goes, Swirsk. Swirsk. And that was my name, nickname, Swirsk so or Charlie. Yes. No one called me Chuck. Until but Chuck Swirsky is a name that should be I, I, broadcasting no sports. Me, like if you were to, that's like the central casting name. If you made up like, and now let's learn how Swirsky. to make an omelet with Chuck Swirsky. No, no one called me Chuck <laughs> until I got to college. So what about now? You like you could just go back to Charlie could, or Charles. It's, it's too late now. It's brand it? recognition now. <laughs> you can't do so, that now. <laughs> you think I'm Hawk? Yeah. People really, you know, you're like the, the first time I met Hawk, which was many, many moons ago, I, I called him Ken. He's looking around the room like, what? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, because you don't refer to Ken. Right, it's, right, it's, right. it's Hawk. But Chuck Swirsky is a name. Well, the, you might not like it, but 
we 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 enjoy it. Okay, so we're going to stick with so it. So stick stick with. So it. you get your start in Chicago, and yeah. before you know it, you're. I know you were at GN, but you did a lot of DePaul basketball games. I did DePaul for fourteen years. Fourteen years. McGuire, Cummings, Comedy, Strickland, Kevin Edwards, David. So what, Booth. what year did you start? You started. I started eighty one, eighty two, eighty one, eighty two. Wow, and they were really good. Then. And they, they were, were really, really good. I mean, really good. Um, Aguirre had just left. He was the number one pick in the draft in 81. Yeah. That was Terry Cummings' team. And Terry Cummings, for our, our millennials, you can Google Terry Cummings, Carver High, Chicago. Great guy. Love Terry. It's a shame Very that some people don't guy. remember how good DePaul basketball was. I mean, they were they were people were going to those games oh, before I going like to the Absolutely, team. I remember that team. I like that team better than the team they lost to St. Joseph when Skip Diller missed the free throws. I remember they lost to Boston College in the first round with Terry Cummings and Tom Davis was the coach of t- and they uh, Boston them. College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pressed them and they yeah. couldn't solve that press. And I was yeah. like, what? And Ray Meyer, Ray Meyer is a big a legend as he is, and as successful as he was. I mean, there are they, they lost some games they should not have lost. Oh, you I know, mean, it was heart wrenching because I love Coach Ray. Yeah. I was very, very close with Coach Ray and Joey, uh, but Coach Ray was one of the most unique individuals. We would have great stories, basketball, life, people. It was it was a, kind of like a transition area or era of t- you know. It was like when big money was starting to creep into sports, and here's a guy who was just a genuinely great yes, guy. Good guy. And I mean, I remember the reading the stories about like the janitor coming through practice, and they're preparing for a big game, and he's like, "Hey, you want to take some half court shots?" And they like stop practice yep. and let the janitor come in. Yeah, yeah. it's like well, it wasn't as I, serious maybe I, I, as it I, is and now. And he had a sense of humor, uh, but he was also you know he he could get on a player. There was a game against Loyola when he was coaching, and Bernard Randolph. Who was a you know a DePaul player and a great high school player, sharpshooter for yes. the squad. Yeah, and so he's coaching now. He, this is before he went to broadcasting, and we're playing Loyola, and I'm doing the game, and I'm right near the bench. I'm hearing everything. So Bernard Randolph's running back uh, after scoring a bucket, and Coach Ray stands up, grabs him by the jersey, you know, and, and you know Bernard Randolph's like flailing the arms and legs, and going, he was Bernard. Because when Coach Ray got excited, his voice went always yeah, yeah. pitched high. He goes, Bernard, did I tell you you were a 40-point score? He goes, really, Coach? He goes, yeah, 20 for them, 20 for us. <laughs> and, but, oh, that's classic. I was, went to his camp. It was Wisconsin, Wisconsin three, yeah. Three Lakes, is it? Three Lakes, Wisconsin? And he was just a riot. He, like, he, yeah. had, he was one of the guys that didn't just put his name on the camp. And just you know, he, he got campers like well, and showed but, up for an but, hour. But, but he was there, had a state coached. Coaches like awesome. Yeah. His whole world was uh, alumni hall and to his home with Marge. His home back to alumni hall. He had to recruit. He with the the last year he coached was 80, 83, 84 season. Yeah, and so they say, coach, you got to get out and recruit. So his staff was his son Joey Meyer and Jim Molinari. So they're recruiting Glenn Rice in Flint, Michigan. Glenn went on to have oh, a spectacular yeah. Michigan, yeah. NCAA Michigan title. Yeah, NBA. So Great they're, NBA they're recruiting too. Glenn Rice. So Coach Ray is in the back seat of a car. Joey is driving. Jim Molinari is to his right. And so they're driving. They're halfway to Flint, Michigan. And Jim says to Joey, you know, why don't we, why don't we get something to eat? Why don't we get something to eat? And so Joey says, uh, yeah, why not? And Jim says, Coach, we're going to stop at Wendy's. And Coach says, 
Wendy's. I didn't know you had relatives in Michigan. <laughs> oh, and, no, and I mean, because he didn't, he yeah, didn't yeah. have the concept of that. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, but then you did games with him, right? I did games with Coach Ray. I did every game with Coach Ray until I left for the University of Michigan to do the Wolverines. But um, I mean, just to be around him, and we had so many great talks about life and about children and about you know government no, i mean coach ray we we have this you know mindset of coach ray is just as the coach as right. this grandfatherly figure but he was a lot deeper than that so broadcasting uh you know you stepped in uh filled in a little bit last year and did some white Sox games yep. what's the biggest difference doing a a bulls game versus a white Sox game well the sport itself is different Obviously, from thanks, Chuck. Uh, a pace. I mean, you know, but, but from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, I'll say this. So, uh, Hang on, I'm, I'm gonna write uh, that down. Uh, Bob Grimm of the White Sox, yeah, calls me, and I was in Toronto visiting one of my kids who's a student at the University of Toronto, and he goes, uh, you know, Hawks, you know, gonna be out for a couple of weeks. Would you care to do some baseball? And I said, you know. Uh, you because know, I don't want to embarrass the ball club. I don't want to right. embarrass the chairman. I well, mean, that, I love the chairman. That, that you're that good and you're not. Well, not I mean, re- if you're going to do it, I want to do it right. <laughs> right, right. And so, uh, because one thing is, I and and uh, listen, I've known Jerry Reinsdorf a long time. I have the utmost respect. I love the man. I love him as a person. I love him what what he's all about regarding Chicago and giving back. Because if you look at the Bulls and Sox and what they do, and this is not an infomercial, I'm just telling the folks the truth, they give back to the city. They certainly do. In a lot of ways. So I said, you know, let me think about this. So Bob calls me back. Did he say, like, you got to let me know in the next day or two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, we're going to call you back 24 hours. And they said, we really want you to do this. So I said, okay. I drove from Toronto it was about a 10 to 12 hour drive back to Chicago. I got in for the Paul Canerco day and the next day in Sunday afternoon, I left for Toronto and we were on the road and we did Toronto, a doubleheader in Baltimore. Then we went to um, Houston and Dallas. That was a road trip. And Steve Stone was fantastic. I loved every second of calling baseball. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I, that's got to be. I, I immersed myself. Did it seem like less I got pressure? out of the way. Less pressure because it's not your full-time gig. And no, I was kind of doing him a favor. Just and, the opposite. I felt as much pressure as I've ever felt in any aspect of my entire life. More prep work for baseball than? Well, I, the prep work I can handle. I more love, players. There's but more. but I, like, I, I told, uh, when I went in, I talked to Jerry um, on that Sunday before we left, I said, Jerry, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know, even in a broadcast location, I can't tell you what a two-seam fastball or a four-seam knuckle curve. Yeah. He goes, that's why you have Steve Stone. Right. Because I, I don't know either. Well, and, <laughs> and, and so I'm going to use Steve Stone. Yeah. And I use Steve Stone. And I told Steve before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw every question at you. You have the green light to come in. I'm going to call what's in front of me. We're going to tell some stories. I want to have fun. Right. Did you make any mistakes that you? The, uh, I'll tell you, the, the one mistake I made, and Steve corrected me, and was there was a, a double play ball. And, um, and you thought it was a home run? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, Ramirez flipped the ball to Sanchez at second. Sanchez, it was a wide throw. 
But um, I thought the runner at second was out to over the first for a double play. And the umpire then at seconds called the safe sign. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, 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 that yeah, – it's a bang-bang play. It was a bang-bang play. Other than that, I'll tell you what, on home run balls and a lot of these ballparks now with the yellow stripe at the fence yeah, and a lot of these and, – and the, the outfielders are so gifted, they will leap in the air and they'll come down. And for about three seconds, they'll pretend they've got the ball yeah, yeah. When it, because you can't sure. see the ball over the fence. And they, they'll act like they brought it back. And the crowd's going, yeah. what a catch. Yeah. And he's looking at an empty mitt. You oh, watch a game in front of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he does it like it. a magic show. Do you watch a game in front of you or do you watch the monitor? Well, uh, you know, I'm not that gifted yet to have gone to the monitor for baseball. I, yeah. I wanted to see the vision in, in real time yeah. and whatnot. Um, I mean, for replays, I saw the monitor sure. when the producer in my ear would say, you know, we're going to go to uh, we're going to do a, a look at, um, you know, what's going on with uh, LaRoche and or we're going to look at at Tyler Flowers. Yeah, talk about Brady. that for a minute. What are the producers? And let's go to the Bulls for a minute. Let's just shift for a minute. OK, shift to the Bulls. Prep work for a Bulls game. You're off today. You got a game tomorrow night. Yep. You well, the there Bulls is no are hosting for me. Sure. OK. All right. Well, because. I just before you came before we did this podcast, I've seen the last two Washington Wizards games. We played the Wizards on a Wednesday at the United Center. I've seen their last two games. They play tonight, so I will see their game on League Pass. I yeah. see every team's the last three. Do you pay games. for that, or is that come with, come with the condo? <laughs> <laughs> I pay for it. So, uh, but I'll see the uh, the upcoming opponent. Their last three games. And what are you looking for? I look for where a player catches the ball, yeah. what side of the floor he likes to shoot, what type of defense they're running um, with less than 10 on the shot clock. Uh, out of bounds, do they run, do they zone up? So you have your own scouting report, basically. Uh, just so I know wh- who likes to catch the ball, where. And where did you learn this prep work from? Was there a broadcaster that like you were under their wing? Uh, well, I've taken a little bit of everything. Uh, Jim Durham was a tremendous oh, mentor. Man. I love Jim. Love Jim Durham. I love Jim. Jim and Book I were it. very, very, very close. Really, we spoke a week and a half before he passed away. He died suddenly. Yeah, and actually, if he was, you know what, Jim was such a great guy. He loved tractor on his ranch in Texas. Yeah, and you know, is that it, where he went from the Bulls? He went down. He, to, he went back to Texas, to and then he became voice of the Dallas Mavericks, right. and then he became the voice of the NBA on ESPN yeah. Radio. Uh, but Jim was a mentor. Joe Tate, who did the Cavaliers for 30 years, he actually did the Bulls for a year. He was a mentor. Oh, I don't and, remember him. When did he do the Bulls? He did the Bulls, I want to say probably mm, early 80s for okay. one year. All right. Um, but it was great. And But if you don't do uh, – I'll never forget, I went to hear a blues singer. His name was Dick Mackey. And so he comes over to a table, and he knew a friend of mine, and we're talking about sports and about music because athletes want to be rock stars and rock stars want to be athletes. It's amazing yeah. how the yeah. two blur and mesh and intertwine together. Some of them want to be Motivational speakers want to be comedians. Everyone wants to be a comedian. <laughs> but Dick Mackey gave me a great piece of advice. He goes, you know what? You better take care of your homework because if you don't, somebody will. No kidding. So it is a ton of... Oh work. yeah, and, but I love it. You yeah. know what? I go into every game. It does. See, I never play to the scoreboard. In, in other words, whether 
the White Sox are 20 under 500 or 20 over 500. If the Bulls are 2 over 500 or 18 under 500, you go into a game because of the insecurities I have as a broadcaster. I go into every game thinking it's going to be my last. And that's what motivates me because there is no such thing in my life as entitlement. I don't take things for granted. And I have to bring it every night, not every third game, every night. Sounds like uh, someone's been raised by a military dad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, 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 how I'm, that's how I'm wired. Yeah. Because, listen, I, I love my job so much and I love representing <clears throat> the Bulls, but also the, the values and the fiber of what got me here and it's hard it's hard to are get there guys in. that you think are are just showing up like not to say that that's a bad thing that there are some broadcasters that might be just so so naturally gifted at it that they don't prepare or is well, everyone to be that good you got to be on I top mean, of your... I, I i don't that that's a question probably you have to ask other people all i can tell you is for me i will never ever ever go through the motions ever yeah. because I work very, very hard to get to this level, and I want to stay at this level. I've been doing this a long time, sure. and Lord willing, I want to continue to do it. But uh, my, my advice for young broadcasters is always, you never, ever, ever be satisfied. The moment you're satisfied and the moment you feel you've called the best broadcast game you've ever called is the day you might as well pack up and head out because yeah. you're done. Yeah, we know that feeling. What's the most surprising thing that you wouldn't have thought you would have seen co- uh, calling the White Sox games? Like, what happened is just like, oh, man, well, I had no idea this okay, would go down. I grew up a White Sox fan. My mom taught a White Sox player in school. No kidding. His name was Bruce Howard. Is Bruce Howard. He's still living. In fact, his son played in the big leagues as well. David, he was an infielder. Uh, Bruce Howard pitched. Uh, in the 60s for the White Sox. And actually, how about this? It came down during spring training. They had to cut one pitcher. And it came down to an intra-league game where it was like the the Sox were playing the Sox. Yeah. It was Bruce Howard against Denny McClain. Oh, wow. And Bruce Howard beat him, and the White Sox released Denny McClain. <clears throat> McClain signs with the Tigers, wins <laughs> 30 games. You know the rest yeah, of the story. Yeah, right. And he's a Chicago guy, too. Yes, he is. Mount Carmel High School. And so, very good. Yeah. So, I love the White Sox. And you know one thing that I loved about the Sox? I love their uniforms. In the, they, they were oh, one of the solid, first yeah. uniforms that had the, the blue, the pale blue uniforms road uniforms i thought it was cool with the red and then the dick allen red pinstripes it was fantastic but the one thing that i've taken away from the Sox games i saw how professional these not only the coaches i mean the coaches spend hours upon hours with these players video work going out early throwing bp but it was a pleasure watching chris sale pitch oh yeah let me tell you To, for him to go on the mound, he is all business. He gets the ball right back at you. He's not, you know, taking his belt, looking around. Right. Hey, look at that person, the tenth row and the beyond third. I mean, he is all like. Locked well, I in. wonder how much of an influence like a guy like Mark Burley had on some of those guys I because think he had he, a big influence. You know, like different style pitchers, obviously, but like just get it, throw it. Yep. Let's go. You know, you know keep it, guys on their heels. Absolutely, and, and and I wish more pitchers. And I get the fact sometimes you have to take a deep breath. 
You have to compose yourself, decompress. You're in the seventh inning. You got two on, yeah. two one ball game. You know, everyone. You got thirty thousand people looking at. I get all that, but I'm just talking about how Chris Sale. Yeah, uh, he was. Well, it also gives it opportunity for negative thoughts to creep in your own mind. And, and it's a point of emphasis for the league, too, just to keep the fans interested. Like, yes. move the game along. Keep yep. it going. Because people's attention span is just shrinking yeah, every day. It's a, it's a different generation. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the school that when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to see a doubleheader. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, I loved <laughs> doubleheaders as a kid. I remember and going once and I was like, Sunday. yeah, I, I went to one doubleheader and I, I, you know, we were drinking. So, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, second game, you're like, I need great. a nap, man. You made a seventh grade. You became a triple header. Right. I did see okay, a triple sure. play, though. I saw a triple play at, at U.S. Cellular, and it was like, did that happen? Or are we? do we need to be cut off? No, we were done. I mean, I, it's a you, lo- it's real long day. It's funny you should mention this. Because during – I did 17 Sox games, and I was hoping just there in one game there would be like a triple play. Oh, because yeah. that would have been awesome for the right. you know in my and to have you you be your call. I mean, would, but yeah. you've missed the double play, so <laughs> yeah, really. There's a ground ball to third, stepped on third over this right. triple play. Oh, he missed the bag. Oh, and then there would be all over Sports Center. Yeah, but I was hoping for a triple play because the greatest single game I've ever called was Kobe's 81 game. I did the Raptors. Oh, the Raptors, Lakers yeah, ten wow. years ago, and Kobe had 81 against the Raptors. And to this day, I just I, and I've seen Kobe many times since sure. then, and we've talked about it. It's the greatest single sporting event I've ever called as a broadcaster. Really? Because like everyone was saying, well, this guy is like he's yeah. got fifty five at the end of three, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, he'll probably get maybe seventy. You know, the right. Lakers pull away, and actually it was a close game, and the Lakers needed everyone. I noticed that. You're good at keeping enthusiasm even for the opposing team, that you will well, yeah, call I mean, it. you got to give props to yeah. the other team. You will I mean, call it as I want. Do I want the Bulls to win? Yes. Sure. Do I want the Sox to win? Yes. But also, you know, I, I'm, if someone said, are you a homer, I would say no. Do I, I, I would agree, yeah. I, I want my team to win. I want the Chicago Bulls to win. I yeah. want the White Sox to win. At the same time, you know what? I saw Dallas Keuchel pitch, okay? Right. And he pitched for the Astros against the White Sox during one of the ball games, And he was tremendous. And sometimes, you know what? you got to tip your hat to the other guy and say, guess what? This guy mowed him down. And this is not a reflection on the Sox today. It's how good Dallas Keuchel was. Yeah, and I don't sense frustration in your voice if things aren't going the team's way, which sometimes it can be. That's more of a homer style, you know, and then the fan base gets upset too, and you could start questioning calls that the officials are making, Yeah, you know, just out of frustration. Listen, we're all in this thing together. I mean, you know, the coaching staff, the players, everyone. They go into a game. They want to win. So you feel like really much a part of the team. You're on the charters? You're on the – I'm on the charters. Do I feel – I feel as if I'm not a player, I'm not a coach, I know my role. Yeah. I mean, I don't second guess. That's not my thing. Um, Do any of the players confront you ever? Nope. Never ever say, hey, man. Nope. Because oh, no. you know credit. it never becomes personal. Okay. I don't allow it to become personal. I have a good relationship, working relationship. One of the biggest misnomers when people say, oh, man, you know the players. Do you go clubbing with Joe Kim Noah? Yeah. What? 
<laughs> yeah, Club and with Joe Kim. No, I'm old enough to be his dad. But, right, right. Uh, but not no. tall enough, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> Separated at birth, just right, like right. Bill Wennington twins. Danny DeVito. That'd be Arnold great if you're just in your hotel room. You get a text. Yeah, really. <laughs> Chuck, Jack, what's up, man? Swirsk, lobby. Swirsk, no. let's roll. No, you see, he was. The thing is that, like, like, because I did Raptor games. Yeah. So last year, the Raptors celebrated their 20th anniversary. And it was very nice. They had a, a video montage of my work. And, you know, because I was very passionate and we had a great relationship with the fan base, I was given a standing ovation by 20,000 people. Oh, that's great. Well, here's the story. At halftime, I'm making my way up to the press room. I hear this, Chuck, Chuck. And I look around thinking it's somebody who remember me or an employee of the Raptors. And there's, and there's Drake. And Drake's oh. got this huge bodyguard next to him. I mean, huge. This Drake guy. likes a lot of teams. I mean, yeah. And, and, and there's, he only likes Toronto through the first so round. I'm looking at me. I'm right. pointing to my chest like, uh, me, 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 you want. And Drake says, come over here, Chuck. So he goes, man, I was in Toronto when I was a kid growing up. I listened to you all the time. You got time for a picture. Do I have time for a picture? And usually he's like, please, I need Yeah. It. So I, I have it on my phone. But, and, you know, my kids went wacky because, Dad, Drake, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so hilarious. So Joe Noah heard about it. So in the locker room after the game, he's, oh, man, we're running the streets tonight in Toronto with you. <laughs> <laughs> so. are, there, are there certain players that you have hit it off with more? Like, Well, um, in Toronto, I was very close to Chris Bosch. Um, Alvin Williams, who I just saw, he was a guard on the team. Yep. Uh, McGrady, Carter. Did it bug you at all, though, like when Bosch and LeBron, like the whole? Well, the the thing is, I, I did try and help recruit Bosch to Chicago and in 2008. And by that time. But you was, had not had any pictures with Drake at that time. No, no street no, credit. <laughs> no, but I, that, that whole deal with Bosch and Wade and James going to Miami, that was probably already in the works right long before then yeah um but uh, they may say differently but i think yeah. in my heart that was a done deal yeah, yeah i'm um, sure it was but um with the bulls i mean i if you can't like guys like noah and casol and really the whole team rose has been great to me but uh i mean guys like joakim noah who've done so much they roll up their sleeves we have a lot of players who are involved with young people in this community. And Noah won this city over, man. People were probably not really sold on him when they drafted him. It's high, yeah. And he, his work ethic, his attitude, the way he runs up and down. He goes goes in to to gang-infested areas in Chicago and says, hey, you know, Come on, we we can't do these drive-by shoes. What what point is there? I mean, he meets with everyone. Yeah, there's not enough guys doing that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be missed. It seems like maybe his career in Chicago might be. I don't know where that's going, but all I can tell you is wherever he lands, whether he stays here, goes to another team, I will always have his spirit in my basketball DNA because of what he gave this city on the court, but most importantly off the court. What's Chuck's downtime like, man? What do you do to, to, to well, take I, care I, to, I, to I, decompress? I, I work out every day. I run. And, uh, yep. Outside? Outside, (laughs) well, sometimes with the weather. But, you know what, there aren't too many potholes. 
this year. Yeah, which right. Is a good yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's true. And the, the the potholes that are in the city, I've met everyone, <laughs> yeah. and so is my right foot. Um, but I've um, I, I work out. I, I I I write poetry as a release. Do you really? Really? Yep. I I love to write poetry, and um, you know it's 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 very soothing. It's therapeutic, and so I do that. And then I try and binge watch on some TVs. Like I love House of Cards. Oh, it's great. I, I, I think it's great. And then Madam Secretary, I'm into. Um, but the the one that I haven't I haven't into watched. her specifically oh. or the show <laughs> both yeah <laughs> who um, is it do you binge watch uh, uh, the, the zombie movie and then try to write poetry at the <laughs> same time <laughs> you know I'm not into I must be only, the only the guy on the planet who has never gotten into <clears throat> no I don't watch them either I don't but I'm also not into poetry so we can't yeah, find that's that right. <laughs> but but you know what one thing I I, I do like I like what I, you, what's the most recent poem you wrote. Uh, uh, what most was it recent about? poem was about um, the beauty of uh, nature with the sun, the moon, the stars. Because you wrote I, that in Chicago? I, 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 <laughs> I just wrote, yeah, I just wrote it the other day, in fact, because I think sometimes, especially when you're in this vacuum, you get caught up in games. You get caught yeah. up in, we're playing the Wizards Wednesday, and then we leave Thursday for Atlanta, and we got the Hawks Friday, and I love all that. I love it. I will never say anything negative about my job. But sometimes you have to look at a full moon and say, that's pretty cool. That Oh, like, yeah. You know, like, and, like, I, I was in New Mexico uh, two weeks ago during the All-Star break, and I tried climbing a mountain. <laughs> I thought you were going to say acid. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried. Uh, that's a different <laughs> podcast. No, yeah, I'm right. only kidding. Um, but I tried climbing a mountain, and I was unsuccessful. My lungs burned up. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to try it. Sure. But I'm looking around. New Mexico is beautiful. I was looking for UFOs. Yeah. yeah. Did <laughs> oh, you watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> Wait, maybe did you, you watch did Breaking try Bad. Acid? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? I must be the only guy on the planet who has not seen one episode of Breaking Bad. Oh, oh, yeah. That's good. That's yeah, New that's Mexico. Good. That's why I asked. It's oh, okay. based in New Mexico. Well, but so I'm in New Mexico, and I'm looking around at the beauty. I mean, you know, a big sky and the mountains, and, and they've got a place called White Sands. And it's sands that have come in from the San Andreas Mountains and the Oregon, O-R-G-A-N, Oregon Mountains. And the sand, and it's miles and miles and miles. And you think, wow. Yeah. You can't sit still, man. All-star break. If I were you, I would have just been like... Chilling in Chicago. What, what do you want me to hang do? out? You vegetate, eat a bunch of bananas, and sit on a couch? <laughs> yeah, I no. can't do that. Yeah, look out your lovely view. Yeah, look out enjoy here. that. Pump out yep. some poems. Yeah, have some out. drinks. Yeah, <laughs> sonnets by Chuck. Yeah, you. So you get to travel a lot. Is there a favorite city that you like to go to? Uh, well, outside I mean, here, out, outside of Chicago. I mean, because I'm from Seattle. I love Seattle. I don't, have you ever been to Seattle? I have not. Yes. That's great. It's so, a great city. And, so what a bummer they lost the Sonics. And, and yeah. I'm bummed that that Memphis left Vancouver because Vancouver, Vancouver is phenomenal. Vancouver is great. Orca it's Bay, that whole phenomenal. area. Phenomenal. So in Seattle, when I was growing up, we had this um, Pike Place Market. And it's sure. beautiful. It's right on Puget Sound with the salmon, with the fish. And you go beyond the – and so we would put our names in a hat. And there were two names picked all the time in school, elementary school, junior high school. And one kid – got to throw the fish, and the other kid got to catch the oh, fish. Yeah. And so all through elementary school, junior high, high school, my name was never called. And I had to go into therapy uh-huh. because I, it just boggled my – I mean, it was a, not again. I missed yeah, out. Yeah. But if you ever go to Seattle, Pike Place Market. Do you ever go to a reunion? 
for the for grade school and be like, uh, you know look what? at me now. You know, what? Yeah, I'll tell you. Where <laughs> now I, you're gonna call me Chuck. You know, you or know, Charles. Uh, I went to school. <laughs> With uh, Larry Anderson, who pitched big league ball for 17 years. Oh, yeah. Tigers? He, you know, he pitched for like seven clubs. He pitched for the Phillies in the World Series, okay. pitched for the Pirates, pitched for the Mariners, pitched for the Indians. Right, you don't have to name all seven. I, I, <laughs> okay, we'll look yeah. it up. And also, I went to school with uh, Ann and Nancy Wilson from Hart. Oh, really? And Nancy Wilson and I went to elementary school, oh, junior high school. Esteemed class. Yeah. That's great. You were born to be famous, no, man. No, no, no. But Nancy, I mean, you you know, Dreamboat Annie, Barracuda. No, whole, no. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it, it, I heard about it. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty good. We'll check it out. Nick and Knight. <laughs> Some of the old time schools. All right, we're going to wrap it up here hey, with you, Chuck. thank you. This we was appreciate you being here. You got, Go right. Sox. Thank you, All Chuck right. Swirsky. Right. Yes. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chuck. Okay. Well, there you have it. That was our conversation with Chuck Swirsky, who doesn't like to be called man. Chuck. Doesn't like yet to be called introduces Chuck. himself like that. I've seen it. Doesn't like this to be called Chuck. We rolling with Drake. Right. <laughs> uh, writes poetry. Yeah, I Abbott love that. Works, works out all the time. I wasn't really completely forthcoming with him. I've written poetry myself. About I have, what? I have. I've written poems just about life. I don't do it anymore, but I used to. I want to hear a Chuck Swirsky poem. <laughs> the bulls were red. The pistons were blue. <laughs> I don't like to be called Chuck. How about you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Very, very fascinating dude. Uh, good dude. Got a great story. It comes from a military background, like shining right. shoes, wearing oh, dunce caps. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, just seen, I thought that was like not even real. Like, you know, you see the old Three Stooges movies and they had like the dunce caps on <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. You don't no, it happened. That that's weird. But that's, Catholic schools, man. I've, yeah, a lot of therapy. Not for, I'm not necessarily, he has needed therapy, but people that were treated you that way like by the a, nuns. You need a hug right now, sometimes buddy. You all right? <laughs> Everyone always needs a hug. That's the message of this podcast. When you see people, give them a hug. You know? No. No? No. You don't just run around Chicago and give <laughs> people random hugs. No. You definitely don't do that. Give them a buck. Give them a dollar. Give them a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> give them a dollar. Not a hug. Give them a dollar. No, I enjoyed it. And it, it's great to have someone with a fantastic voice on a podcast. You know, it's just yeah, his voice is easy listening. It's magnetic, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's good at what he does. And great story, great Chicago history. Yeah, when I'm in my car, I turn the Bulls on, especially playoff basketball. It it's intense, man, because you can't see it. You're picturing it moves so fast, and he paints a great picture. And, uh, speaking of intense, everyone intensely wants to know when are you going to be back in the Chicago area performing? Well, I am back at Zany's. Thanks for that segue, that setup, that little alley oop. Allow me to throw this one down. Yeah, but that's just already March twenty second, twenty four second clock is <laughs> March twenty second to March twenty sixth. I'm here at Zany's in Old Town. We'd love for people to come out, and um, we're gonna have a lot of fun that week. It's a shorter week, no Sunday show because it's Easter week. So Tuesday through Sun through Saturday at Zany's in Old Town. Yes, the voice of the White Sox. One of the one of the voices of the White Sox is also a hilarious comedian. Come out and support. Pat McGann. Thanks for having me on your show, buddy. Thank you, Kevin. And thanks to everyone listening. We'll have another episode dropping soon. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Chuck Swirsky. Oh, I, I Twitter? Sure, I'll drop my Twitter. Uh, mine is Kevin Bo uh, K 
Kevin Bozeman at twitter.com. Simple. B-O-Z-E-M-A-N. You are at McGann Pat. Don't you isn't that how you give a Twitter a Twitter handle? At McGann Pat. You're at Kevin Bozeman. Okay. You right. said like dot com and all this other stuff. Twitter.com, because that's what they gotta do. And throw out Chuck Swirsky's uh Twitter handle. Chuck is on Twitter. He's got a ton of followers. He's outstanding. You just want to said grab he's gonna phone. tweet this out. <laughs> you just no, I'm gonna promote no, our guest. You guys have no idea. This dude has just been on his phone the whole time. It's been uh, it's been hard having these these interviews because he's been on his phone. Come you're, on. You're that person now. At CTS Bulls. At CTS Bulls, that's Chuck Swirsky. He just retweeted a, um, well, here's the military influence. He just retweeted something about Iwo Jima. This is a, a very diverse Twitter feed. You're going to get stuff about the Bulls, the Blackhawks, Chicago sports, the White Sox. And military And stuff. military stuff. And how to shine shoes and make your bed so quarters can bounce off all, of it. <laughs> all written in a beautiful ode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of poems too. All right, well, thank you for listening to The Cycle. Did it.